0: Welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you in your journey of faith. Enjoy the message. You stand with me, we're going to dive in here. We are in the series Made for a Mission. Everybody say, Made for a Mission. Whether you like it or not, God has placed a mission on your heart. God has given you a mission. He's given me a mission. It looks very similar, but it looks different. But he's also given us a mission as a church community. And uh, that's what we've been unpacking the last couple weeks. And I'm going to read this scripture verse. Hopefully, if nothing else in this series, you would have identified and memorized this particular verse. Matthew 12, verse 28 through 31. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, of all of the 613 laws of the uh, Israel, Israelites were to follow, which was the most important? Jesus said the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor neighbor as yourself say this part with me there is no commandment greater than these let's pray father help us understand today what it means to love you with all of our mind god help us tune out any distraction right now we silence the voice of the enemy in jesus name amen amen turn to the person next to you say you, you need to hear this word Don't say it too enthusiastically. <laughs> oh, so like I said, we, we've been in this series, and um, first I want to I wanna say what's up. My mother-in-law's here. Mama, could you wow. wave at everybody? She's an awesome woman of God, and uh, so make sure you say hi to her afterwards. But uh, uh, we've been in this series. Love God with all your heart is what we talked about the first week, and we spoke about love, what it means to love God with all your soul. We talked about heart and soul, and today we're going to talk about what it means to love God with all of our minds, and I need y'all's help to help me preach this thing today. Are y'all with me? All right. Well, I want to start. By orienting ourselves, you know uh, by now that we like to start with some questions, some things to, turn, to, to really turn your brain on now. So if you haven't turned it on yet, go ahead and turn it on now by faith. Hopefully you had some coffee and all that. But here are some questions. What do you spend most of your day thinking about? You can personalize it and say, what do I spend most of my day thinking about? Second question. When you think about God, what do you think about? When you think about God, what do you think about? Third question, where do your thoughts about God come from? The thoughts that you have about God, where did those originate? Where did you get those thoughts from? What type of environment did you grow up in? What type of information are you taking in that, that tells you who God is and what his plans are for you? Where, did you, where do your thoughts about God come from? Uh, uh, a uh, quote that I want to read to you from the great scholar A.W. Tozer says, What comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Let am going read it again. What comes, into our, what comes into our mind when we think about God, whatever it is that comes in, when we think about who God is, this is the most important thing about us. And our view of who God is is one of the most important things about us. What you think about God, what you craft in your mind about who God is, it affects your views, it affects your lifestyles, it, it affects what you believe about relationships. It affects what you believe about what is right and what is wrong. What we think about God directly impacts how we love God. It's very difficult to love somebody you see as an oppressive taskmaster. And some of us, maybe you were brought up in in a sphere of religiosity or a sphere of of, of religion that didn't necessarily craft out a cultural aspect or an accurate depiction theologically of who God is, and you have seen him as someone who is just one who administers law and is not a loving father. So if you grew up in that background, if you grew up in that environment, if you were told that's who God is, that's going to affect your level of affection that you're able to give to him. Does that make sense a little bit so far? Loving God with all of our mind is what Apostle Paul is telling, uh, excuse me, what Jesus is telling us. Jesus is saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Loving the Lord your God with all your mind is a choice that we all must make. Why does this matter? Who you are and what you do is a direct result of your mind, your brain, your intellect, your mind, and what you think about. And what you feed yourself affects what you view about God. Remember that statement, you are what you eat? Come on, somebody. you Have ever ever heard that? You are what you eat. And I would say that is so true in a spiritual context. You are what you eat. You are what you consume. You are what you take in. I would say you are what you read. You are what you watch. Come on, somebody. You are what you listen to. You are all of what you consume and dedicate yourself to. As followers of Jesus, or those that desire, those of us that desire to be disciples of Jesus, we struggle to love God with all of our minds because we're trying to love Him with an old way of thinking. We grow up, and we're we take on information from the time we are very little babies. We're taking in information that is not sourced. And again, I'm going to say some things today, and I don't mean to be dogmatic. I don't mean to point fingers, but I'm just going to say some. I'm just going to make some observations as I feel the Holy Spirit leading. That we have take we taken in information constantly from the time that we are young children. Just even think of myself, young nappy-headed Phil, going to with snotty Nose Phil living in Connecticut. I mean, I remember walking to school, and I remember just being in a school, just a public school, just nothing wrong with it. It was an awesome public school. But from the time I was five years old, I was inundated with information, some of it being based off of Scripture, some of it not. So how do I deduce, how do we as followers of Jesus deduce what is right and good information that we should be taking in with our mind versus things that are not of God or things that are not absolutely true. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-11, I want to read this to you. What it means to have the mind of Christ, what it means to have a new mind, what it means to take on the mind of Christ. Philippians 2, 5-11, have this mind, everybody say have this mind. Among yourselves, which is yours, say it's mine, it's mine. say it louder, it's mine. it's mine, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count it quality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. Apostle Paul I'm going to continue reading, but Apostle Paul is trying to give us an idea and a picture of what it looks like to have the mind of Christ and how that's lived out. So he's saying, "Have the mind of Christ which is lived out in this way. He was empty he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." Therefore, God has highly exalted him. Man, I love that. (laughs) I'll come back to that. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every other name. So, Do we have that? I'm still going good? All right, good, good. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess, like that song we were singing. All these saints and angels... And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. First point, loving God with all of our minds means we have a new way of thinking. Have this mind. It's a new mindset. The the, the NIV translation, I think we just read the the ESV, the, the NIV uses the word mindset. It's changing the way you think, not just what you think about. When you have the mind of Christ, you put on the mind of Christ, it's not just like I used to think about this, but now I think about this. Really, it's a perspective shift. It means that while everything in your life might not change, how you think about what is happening to you changes everything. So you may get saved by Jesus. You may have a moment where I accept Jesus into my heart, but you go home and you're still in that same abusive relationship. You're still, you're still behind on your bills. Your kids are still far from God. The things may not change, but what you think about those things can change. It's the thought of you can't always control what happens to you. You ever heard that? But you can control how you respond to it. This is what it means to have the mind of Christ. It means that I no longer respond to the information that comes in the same way that I responded to before in my natural understanding, in my natural ability. Does that make sense? This is what it means to have the mind of Christ. You can have the mind of Christ. God has given us this ability to have the same mind. Second point that we see in the text. Loving God with all your mind is strengthened by community. Have this mind among yourselves, he says. He says, don't have this mind by yourself. Have this mind among yourselves. I think think the Apostle Paul is recognizing that it's important collectively, corporately, that we surround ourselves with like-minded individuals. There's something that happens. There's a synergy that happens. There's a unity that when we are of the same mind, and we are of the same heart and expression of what we view God to be, that this is the place that God desires us to live. Here's what I'll tell you. Instability, conflict, there, there are, uh, if you look across the landscape of America, I would say even, I don't know what the statistics are, but weekly. Every week, some churches are getting up, pastors getting up, in saying, this is going to be the last service we've had, and they're getting ready to shut the doors of the church. And these things happen. We see church splits. We see dissension rising up in church community. And it's important that we have the same like-mindedness. And instability, conflict, disunity come when we take spiritual, biblical principles and we filter them through a worldly way of thinking. We take the truth of God's word, but we filter it through a flawed way of thinking. And what happens is we end up battling each other. And what, what the result of this is, we have a, is a toxic religious mindset. And what I found amongst the believers, oh, God, Christians are devouring each other. Dissension that I've seen in the body of Christ, now this is, I'm just going off notes right now and I'm speaking from my heart. Dissension that I've seen in the body of Christ typically does not arise out of a theological difference. The dissension that's found, that I see in the body of Christ amongst churches, amongst fellow believers, circles around personal preference. There's a big difference here. We say, I don't like that. I don't like the way they dress. I'm not going to that church. I don't like that church because that pastor wears a jean jacket. I don't like that their worship lights are down too much. And we have this dissension where we can't embrace our brothers and sisters because we have a personal preference. We have a worldly mindset. We don't have the mind of Christ that says everybody has value. Yes, I may not agree with everything you are, but we have one thing in common. We have Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and that's enough to build a bridge. Have this mind. Don't, my brothers and sisters, don't, don't die on the hill of personal preference. Please don't. You're going to come in contact with people that don't agree with you. And that's okay. That maybe God hasn't given them the holy revelation that he's given you and you need to trust the Holy Spirit, speak in love and give them the truth that you know, but don't feel the need let me move on. <clears throat> the third point there that we see in, in, in Philippians, love God with all your mind. <clears throat> it's only possible through Christ Jesus. We can only love God <clears throat> excuse me, with all of our mind through Christ Jesus. Like we talked about the first week, you can't love God with all of your heart until he first puts his love in your heart. You can't love God with all your mind until you have the mind of Christ, until you think like Jesus, until you think the thoughts that God has. I love this part. It says, do we have it up there, which is yours? Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. It's yours. It's available for you. Let me give you an illustration. Imagine you had keys. You had the owner of a bank that said, we're closing up, and we have gold. We have rings. We have Diamonds, we have cash, we have everything, and you are are like as poor, you're 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 so broke you can't pay attention. Come on, somebody. You you are poor, you are poor, and this person says, I I I this owner of this bank says, I'm gonna give you the keys to this vault. Whatever you want to take in there is yours. He says, Here's the keys. Take whatever you need, take whatever you want. If we walk away from that situation, still poor. Whose fault is it? Ours. Because the whole time, watch this, the owner said, here's the keys. The key is having the mind of Christ. Some of us suffer so terribly, we don't realize the, that the mindset, that the mind of Christ is ours, that we can have that. We can have that. And I'm going to unpack it. We say, well, what does that look like? I'm going to talk about that. A little bit more. Last point about this text that we see again. I I talked about it as I was reading it. That there is the evidence of what what it looks like. How do I know that you have the mind of Christ? I'm glad I asked. How do I know? How will the world know? How will brothers and sisters know that you're on the same you're on the same playing field? You're you're on the same boat together as them. How will we know if you have the mind of Christ? Apostle Paul gives us a hint. It means we love God with all of our mind. It's demonstrated by our humility and obedience. Verse 8. In being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Humility and obedience. That's how somebody is identified as having the mind of Christ. Thinking even if you back up and do this on your own time, go back and start at the beginning of the chapter in chapter 2. And one of the things he talks about having the mind even in there, and one of the things he says is that you think, more, you think of others and you regard others as more highly of yourself. Quite simply, to have the mind of God means you spend more time thinking about God and thinking about others than you do thinking about yourself. Ooh, I know that ain't popular. You think more about God and you think more about others than you think of yourselves. How many know that this is a countercultural statement right there? That we spend a good amount of time thinking about, let me get all I can and can all I get. Let me make sure that life is about fulfilling what I want. Hum- humility. Obedience. Obedience. You hear the statement? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Humility and obedience. Jesus, before he goes to the cross, it accounts in the book of John. I think it's John chapter 14, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Jesus, one of the last things he does Before he goes to the cross, before they have the supper, as it says, he takes off his outer garment, he ties ties a towel around his waist, and he gets down on one knee, and he starts washing his disciples' feet. And what he's saying, what what, what we're getting imagery of here is that in order to have the mind of Christ as we regard others, it's not that we think less of our, it's not that we think terrible thoughts about ourselves, I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about regarding the interests of others, amen? Amen? So, how, then, Brother Phil, with what you're telling me, how do I love God with all my mind? Romans 12.2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Somebody say transformed. By the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing, and perfect will. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that God's will is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. You cannot love God with all your mind while simultaneously conform your thinking to that of the culture. The culture has some things to share with us. Some, so there is some, some things that exist in culture that are captivating and, and things that are uh, good thoughts or, or, or things that can maybe help shape our lives and put our lives in a certain direction. But this idea of not being conformed versus being transformed, you have to be transformed, the renewing, the cleansing. This, this word transformed in the Greek is metamorpho. It's where we get the word metamorphosis, often depicted. If you were to look up metamorphosis, it would give you the image of a butterfly. This this uh, organism, this insect that was once a caterpillar, completely different form and function, then now is wrapped around in a cocoon and now becomes a butterfly, a beautiful butterfly that we see. There is... A, I can just tell you, there is so much depth in this idea of metamorph- metamorphosis, what it means to be transformed. Who, The caterpillar, and this isn't in my notes, this is just the caterpillar. I'm trying to give you a picture of what it looks like to be transformed. The caterpillar, what it does is it, it basically weaves its own cocoon. And what it does is it weaves, it comes, the the threads that, I don't know how many of you have seen like a cocoon of of like a a caterpillar before it it comes out. But what it does is the the thread, it, it comes out of its mouth. The thing that they wrap themselves with in their coffin of life before they're transformed is what they speak. So this is what I want to tell you as you have the mind of Christ. Guard what you say because it will be the very thing that will house you in becoming either a beautiful butterfly or being something else that God did not intend you to to become. It's important we recognize this idea of transformation. This means that there has never been another you. God doesn't want you to be like somebody else. Somebody needs to hear that. Parents, eliminate from your who? Eliminate from your vocabulary. Eliminate from your thoughts. I wish my kid was more like. Now, are there things we could look at and admire? Sure. I wish I was like Denzel Washington. But if I was so fixated on becoming him, I would miss what God was trying to do with Phil McMillan. Because there's only one me. (laughs) Transformed, not conformed. Something that has never been. To love God with your mind is to renew your mind. Not holding on to your old ways of thinking. Fully embrace your mind that is being renewed. So how do we renew our mind as I, as I kind of wrap up here? I'm going to give you three points on how to renew your mind. First, and uh, we got this we were we were doing some studying and Rick Warren had had done an article and I felt like it's we felt like it so encapsulated this idea of what it means to have a renewed mind, to have a mind of Christ. How do we love the Lord our God with all of our mind? First point is that we feed it. We feed. What you feed grows. What you starve dies. What are you feeding your mind? Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, again, this is coming off the heels of Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious about nothing, but through all things with prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Then he goes into Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, say it with me, think about such things. He's saying that we need to think about the good and pleasing perfect will of God in our lives. Thinking about God, one of the things I realized, what we think about, what we take in, what we consume ultimately consumes us. This is important. We want to be consumed by God. We want to be consumed by his presence. We don't want to be consumed by the culture. We don't want to be consumed by other ideologies that don't line up with God's word and his plan For our life, what we consume consumes us. And what we continually think about, I asked you the question, what do you find yourself thinking about day in, day out? What we continually think about eventually will manifest in our lives. Behaviors as it's seen, um, they don't just appear out of thin air. They've usually started with a thought. What we crave, desire, and act upon comes from what we hold predominant in our mind. Another way we feed is we read, we reflect about God, we speak about God. What you talk, like I just mentioned, what you talk is a reflection of what you think about. What you talk about. Second point, focus. First one's feed. Focus. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not earthly things. Loving God with all of our minds means that we think on things above. We think on what is pure, what is true, what is holy, what is righteous, what has eternal implications. Now, does this mean that we spend all day just thinking about heaven? No. But this says that the predominant thoughts of our life, the thing that we give a lot of energy to, should be things that have eternal impact and eternal consequences. I give, my, I give a lot of attention to my loving my spouse, and I give a lot of attention to loving my kids, because I know how I raise my kids will have eternal impact. I don't give a lot of time to my Instagram posts. Come on, somebody. They can. All right. So if you're posting about, you know, what the Lord has revealed to you. All right. Awesome. Great. Awesome. If you're just posting what you ate, that's fine, too. But what we spend time focusing on and listen in 2020, I mean, I know that this is an election year and, and, and yes, you know, voting, that's good and that's important. Get out and do that. But if we're spending more time focusing on the coming election and not focusing on the coming Messiah, hey. I'm not saying it's not important. Don't, don't leave here. Oh, he said it's not, you shouldn't. I'm saying that should not be the center of our focus We give so much energy to these things. We consume all of this information that is temporal. A president that will come in for four years and be gone. And we give so much credence to it as believers. It's important. But there are things that are more important. And those are the things that we should focus on. thinking about God, thinking less about the DNC and the GOP and more about the G-O-D. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Glory. Third thing. That's a little preacher alliteration, you know, there. Come on. But, hey, y'all, this is the world we live in. What I'm talking about right now is countercultural. There aren't a lot of news feeds. you got to ask yourself the question. Why aren't there a lot of news feeds oh, telling you all the good things that God has done around the world? What do you hear about? You hear about the coronavirus. You hear about explosion that happened in the Middle East. You hear about all the things because the enemy wants to captivate your thoughts and get you fixated on the things that bring fear and destruction in your life. So the third thing you need to do is free your mind. And the rest will follow. Come on, Free your mind, and the rest will follow. All right, yeah, stop. Don't sing that too hard. All right, come on. <laughs> free. How do we set our minds free? Uh, 2 Corinthians 10:4 through 5. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the divine power, weapons, praise is a weapon, prayer is a weapon, fasting is a weapon, being selfless is a weapon, think of others as more highly as yourself is a weapon, serving is a weapon, loving others unconditionally is a weapon. With these weapons, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. Woo. See the enemy comes and he and he imprisons our mind and imprisons the good thoughts that God and the good the good pleasing perfect will of God gets clouded out and it gets consumed by negative words. And our minds are prisoner to these things. Things that were spoken over you as a child. Things that are reverberating in your head, things that a loved one said to you, that's not true. That's not what God looks at you as. We're prisoners of unforgiveness, jealousy, anger, bitterness, stress. To be free, God is encouraging us in this verse. Take every thought captive. He says, "Arrest those thoughts and liberate the thoughts about God so we can live freely. Your mind is the front door. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the idea comes into your mind, then your heart processes it, and then it's infused into your soul and it affects the outflow of your life. So you'll just combine those, those, those three points that we just talked about. Thought comes into your mind, then from there it goes into your heart. This is why we must have the mind of Christ because it's the first line of defense for our soul. Hello? It's the first line of defense for our soul. It's... Let me tell them myself real quick. <laughs> uh, when I was young, uh, we used to go to these things uh, when I was in college. They were called nightclubs. I know all you guys are all saved, and you've been saved, and you never did anything like that. <clears throat> but well, you would go to a nightclub, and there would be what's called a Bouncer. And this wasn't a person, like, hopping up and down. This was, like, a person that would, like, literally bounce you out if you were doing something wrong. But this bouncer at a nightclub would be there out front and would help determine whether or not someone should come in based on what they were wearing, what they were saying, how they were acting. And they would say, no, 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 you can't come in dressed like that, brother. You're not going to fit in here. You're not going to fit in here. Or, or we, we've seen your type of person here before. We've we seen you dress like that, acting like that, slurring your speech, whatever. Like, we can't have you come in here with that because what's going on in there is, is a good thing. And everybody's enjoying themselves. Again, bear with me I mean there. But we can't have you come in there. See, this is who the Holy Spirit desires to be in our life when the negative thoughts come in. And they try to get into the club of our mind and they try to get into a place where God is consecrating and God is, is is giving you life and he's giving you thoughts and the purity of who he is, is reigning and running free in your mind and you're loving Jesus. And the Holy Spirit says, no, that thought cannot come here. That thought does not belong here. Actually, that thought is not of God. The Holy Spirit is going to escort that thing to the prison and make it open until it's obedient and ready to come out and acknowledge Jesus as the Lord And Savior, put a buffer around your mind. (laughs) I know, I I, I just feel like I want to keep going. Oh, Lord, help me. All right, thank you. (laughs) Y'all remember the story of uh, the Wizard of Oz? Follow the yellow brick road. This whole time, this poor girl... She's running around following this road that the, that the world that, that has been carved out for her. And she's encouraged, follow the yellow brick road, follow the yellow brick road. And the whole time she's just like, I want to go home. This is cool. But everybody along the way is encouraging her to follow this path, to follow this road. When all she had to do the whole time was, all she had to do was click her heels three times and she could have been home. And how many of us are just following the yellow brick road because that's what the culture tells us we should do? And we so desperately desire to be seated where Jesus is, to see how Jesus sees, to think how Jesus thinks. And I want to encourage you today that all you need to do is pray to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you can have the mind of Christ. Somebody give God praise. Go ahead and stand with me. There's some of you that, that you need to receive prayer today. And uh, we're going to have some people at the altars. We also have a prayer table in the back. Who? Um, some of us, the greatest battle that is happening in the world is not in the Middle East. The greatest battle that's happening right now isn't finding a cure for coronavirus. The greatest battle to have ever waged on is the battle between the enemy and our mind. It's not a battle between God and, and the enemy. God already won that. Like, that's that's not even close. Like, God already took care of the enemy, put him in his place. But now the enemy is battling the mind because we are in the likeness of God. And he's got nothing against God, but he tries to get after us. And some of you are lying awake at night because there's just so many thoughts racing through your head. Others of you are self-soothing or self-medicating because you're attempting to silence the lies. You're attempting to think better about yourself and you think that if I can just quiet those voices. There was a season in my life where I, I, would say, I, I would say I was addicted to smoking marijuana. And what started off as a social experience, is, is this okay for a pastor to tell you and like bear his heart a little bit? Um, what started off as a social experiment and a social engagement became something that I adopted as a lifestyle in order to battle what I was really going through and to address what I was really going on with me and what was really going on is I didn't feel great about myself and I want to encourage you today that God wants to speak life to you he wants to give you the wisdom of heaven what happened and here's Just hear me even greater in this. And I don't want you to feel condemned if this is you, if this is something that you've dealt with in the past or something that you're dealing with right now. But what that lifestyle of of being in this fog, you know, you would think it was like, oh, it's an enlightenment. But really what it is, it creates inconsistent thoughts. Having the mind of Christ means that we have consistent thoughts. I want to pray for you, for those of you that are battling and you want to focus on God, but you just can't. There's so much going on around you. You're having a difficult time. I'm going to pray, and uh, I want you to come forward. But let me just pray right now. Would you bow your heads? Father, thank you. You see each person. You know where they're at. Lord, you know their thoughts. God, I come against the lies of the enemy that says just because you have this thought that God is upset with you, that is not true, that is not biblical, that is not accurate. But, God, as those thoughts come in, I'm thankful that as we have the mind of Christ, we can deflect those thoughts and we can absorb the thoughts that come from you. Lord, for my brothers and sisters today, I pray for courage. If you're here today and you say, I'm having a difficult time focusing, I I, I want to have the mind of Christ, but I'm having a really challenging time as the prayer team is making their way forward. To the altar. If that's you today, if you say I, I, I want to have the mind of Christ, I need I need to come into agreement. I, would you just raise your hand? I, I, I just want to I want to know who I'm praying for. Yes, I see those hands, my sister, my brother. I see that hand. I see that hand. Maybe you're here. You say I'm having a difficult time <laughs> focusing on what God wants me to focus. on I, I don't know what it is. If that's you today, you need the Holy Spirit to help you as you leave here. Raise your hand if that's you. If you need the Holy Spirit to help you, yeah, I see those hands, hands going up. Maybe you just need Jesus in your life. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that raise their hands. Lord, let this mind be in us that was in Christ Jesus. God, I pray for each person, Lord, that you would give them a heart, you would give them the mind so that we can love you with all of our mind, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you for what you're doing, what you're revealing in this season of life. God, give us the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God a big shout of praise? Hallelujah. Woo! Well, I'm going to pray a a quick blessing over you. Stick around. We got some snacks and goodies. Get to know some people. Don't rush out of here. How many were encouraged by this word today? Come on, somebody. I want to I want to challenge you. My sister, I don't know why you're just I got to shine a light on you You with the light lime green shirt in the back there. My sister right there. God loves you. I don't know what it is, but I just see I see God shining his light over your life right now. God loves you. He's called you with a purpose. He wants you to love him with all your mind. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Would you guys give me just a second and be obedient to something? Josue, come over here. The Lord woke me up at 627 this morning. And again, sorry, like, I know if you got to go, then you can go. But um, the Lord gave me a word. The the Lord gave me a word. I thought it was for somebody. And I was standing in worship and said, it's it's actually for Josue. And uh, so this is a little different. I hope you guys are all right with this. But uh, Josue, the word I got for you was giant slayer. You can take on greater things. Uh, you can take on things greater than you and the natural because what God has placed on the inside of you. David was a giant slayer. He, but he became a giant slayer because he knew his potential, because he knew God. You're in a season where you have to get to know God, read his word, find a good podcast. And just as important, find like-minded people to lock arms and fight the good fight of faith with. And while you may be physically handsome, but you are. People aren't drawn to you because of your looks. They're drawn to you because of the God on the inside of you. And uh, you're a giant slayer, dude. I, I know your family. I know, I, I know your brother's a giant slayer, too. And... Uh, I just, want, I just want you to be encouraged in front of all these people. This is just God speaking to you. Open me up at 627. First thing I got out of bed, I grabbed my phone and I gave this word. So, love you. Thank you, man. Let me pray a blessing over you. Let me pray a blessing over you. Lift your hands. Let me pray a blessing. God, bless each person. God, courage. I pray for courage, God. God, courage to be countercultural, to trust you, to trust that they are different, that they are to be transformed by the renewing of their mind. Bless them as they go. God, encourage them, allow them to be a blessing to their family, their friends, their co-workers, those on their jobs, those at, your, at their schools. God, the children that are in here, God, we speak blessing over each child. In Jesus' name, amen. Come forward if you need prayer. God bless you all. We'll see you next week. We hope you were encouraged by the message today. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry, It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like, subscribe, or share it with someone. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.